0: we out those weeds, fighting your grass for nutrients. We spread high-grade fertilizer, mixed specifically for your region and soil type. We aerate to cut away the that bats choking
1: You may have heard the theory that it's possible there are multiple universes where you exist in each one, but live a different life and make different decisions, resulting in a totally different outcome in each universe. We know this as the multiverse. But where did the idea for multiple universes come from? Today, we're going to confront the idea of the existence of a multiverse as recent discoveries in physics and astronomy could point to their existence. Have we finally found evidence for a parallel universe? Or is it something stranger we cannot comprehend? that we know and exist in all began with the big bang which expanded faster than the speed of light in a growth spurt called inflation and for as long as there has been a universe space has been expanding ever since it came into existence 13.8 billion years ago and it continues to expand As far as we know, our universe is a single expanding blob of space-time, speckled with trillions of galaxies, that now stretches 93 billion light-years from edge to edge. But beyond this limit, there are things we cannot see that could be something more, or just an infinite expanse of nothingness. Our universe might be really, really big, but also finite, or it could be infinitely big, Both of these things are possibilities. However, if the universe is infinitely big, there are only so many ways that matter can arrange itself within that universe. And eventually, matter has to repeat and arrange itself in similar ways. If the universe is without an end, then it might just be home to parallel universes. If that sounds confusing, think of a deck of cards. If you shuffle the deck, there are only so many orderings that can happen. And if you shuffle it enough times, the order of cards has to repeat. With an infinite universe and only a finite number of complexions of matter, the way matter arranges itself will also have to repeat. That said, if a multiverse does exist, there would also be infinite versions of you. Other alternate versions of you might be doing the same thing you're doing right now, but some might be wearing different clothes, and probably made vastly different career and life choices. You might drive a Ford Fiesta in one world, but drive a Ferrari in another. But how could this be possible? Because the observable universe extends only as far as light has traveled in 13.7 billion years since the Big Bang, the space-time beyond this distance can be considered to be its own separate universe. And if this is true, then there would be a multitude of universes existing next to each other in a giant patchwork of universes. Although the idea of parallel universes, or a multiverse, remains a mystery, with some calling the idea pure science fiction, it's still one of the biggest debates between experts, with some believing they exist, while others disagree. So now let's take a look at why some researchers think they exist, and the unexplained scientific events that could actually be proof parallel universes might exist but first we need a little bit of physics to understand everything in quantum theory an elementary particle such as an electron doesn't exist in a single state but a multiplicity of locations velocities and orientations one of those most famous logic-defying experiments in physics is called the double slit experiment waves that pass through two narrow slits will form an interference pattern on a screen It doesn't matter if it's light waves, water waves, or sound waves. However, light isn't only a wave, it's also a particle called a photon. Now, here's where it starts to get weird. If you shoot a photon through the double slits, it still forms an interference pattern, as if the photon was traveling through both slits at the same time. But here's where it gets more bizarre. Just by observing the double slit experiment, the behavior of the photon changes. Even if the photons are sent through the slits one at a time, there is still a wave present that produces the interference pattern. This is a wave of probability, because the experiment is set up so the scientists don't know which of the two slits the single photon will pass through. But if they try to find out which slit the photon really goes through by setting up detectors in front of each slit, then the interference pattern doesn't show up at all. So the scientists tried a variation on the double slit experiment and placed a special crystal at each slit that would split any incoming photon into an identical pair. One photon should create the standard interference pattern while the other would travel to the detector. But the strangest thing is that it still didn't work. This means that observing a photon can change events that have already happened. This is still one of the greatest mysteries of quantum mechanics. From a physics point of view, parallel universes are one of those imaginative and compelling theories that are very difficult to test, if not impossible. However, the idea of many worlds began in 1926, when physicist Erwin Schrödinger demonstrated that the subatomic world is fundamentally blurry. In our familiar human-scale reality, an object exists in one well-defined place put your phone on the table next to you, and it's in the only place it can be, regardless if you're looking at it or not. But in the quantum realm, objects exist in a small state of probability and snap into focus only when observed. Before you look at an object, whether it's an electron or an atom, it's not in any definite location. It might be more likely that you observe the object in one place or another, but it's not located in a particular place. After nearly a century of experimentation, this phenomenon is a core aspect of the physical world. It might sound crazy, and even Einstein struggled with the idea. What happened to all the other possible locations where the object could have been? And why should an object's behavior depend on whether or not somebody was looking at it? Someone was bound to come up with a radical explanation for this phenomenon. And in 1957, a man by the name of Hugh Everett III, while he was having
2: on free shipping and handling, everything is on free shipping and handling and five flexible payments Um, so we're really
1: having a conversation with friends about physics it was then he came up with the wild idea about how to fix this most perplexing problem in quantum mechanics therefore Everett imagined a multiverse full of different realms in which all the possibilities dictated by quantum mechanics could exist at once he proposed that all possible outcomes really do occur but that only a single version plays out in the world we live in. All the other possibilities split off from us, with each one giving rise in its own separate world. And everything that can happen does happen in some world. All of this sounded really bizarre, and no one would take Everett seriously at the time. But now, some physicists are considering the possibility of a multiverse In fact, theories of cosmology, quantum physics and the very philosophy of science have some problems that could be solved if a multiverse existed. Along with the idea of multiple universes created by infinitely extending space-time, other universes could also come into existence from a theory called eternal inflation. We already talked about how the universe we're in expanded rapidly after the Big Bang and inflated somewhat like a balloon. Eternal Inflation theorizes that some pockets of space stop inflating while others continue to inflate, giving the rise to many isolated bubble universes. That said, our own universe could be just a separate bubble in the vast sea of space that contains other bubble universes like ours. There's even another idea which comes from string theory called brain worlds, which are parallel universes that hover out of reach to our own. This theory is centered around the idea that there could be many more dimensions to our world besides the three space dimensions and the dimension of time. These three dimensional brain worlds could exist in a higher dimensional space. So is it possible that a multiverse or parallel universes could exist? Well, recently there was a scientific experiment done and the outcome was evidence of parallel universes. 2016, a group of NASA scientists were working with NASA's Antarctic Impulsive Transient Antenna, or ANITA for short. It's a high-altitude helium balloon with an array of radio antennas. This instrument was designed to detect ultra-high-energy cosmic ray neutrinos, which are high-energy particles a million times more powerful than anything we can create on Earth. And they're the only neutrinos that can reach Earth without being weakened or reduced. Low-energy subatomic...
3: Close as a there above has never, never seen, seen. Stabbing pain, a sudden start And oh, it's so easy When you revolve This is the light you see The devil tips his head to me I do it all
0: My.
4: At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public. So we decided to sing about it. I
3: love my Charmin Super Mega rolls. Yes. Charmin's got six rolls in one. Last forever on my buns. Only super mega when I'm cleaning. Charmin's got my booty believing.
4: leaving. Charmin's super mega roll is six regular rolls in one. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Alexa, what is love?
5: Millions of people ask Alexa about love. Love Has No Labels has partnered with Alexa to update the response to include people's stories of everyday acts of love that made them feel seen, heard, loved, and included. To learn more, just say Alexa, what is love? (laughs)
3: Oh, <laughs>
6: I'm
5: Brittany Spanos, Rolling Stone senior writer and host of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums
7: podcast. Season two of the podcast delves into the making and meaning of classic albums
5: from our all-new genre-spanning list, including The Beatles' Let It Be, Britney Spears' Blackout, Weezer's Blue Album, and Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors, with exclusive commentary from the artists themselves and their collaborators. Follow and listen right here on Amazon Music.
8: After these massages In your vaginas
0: What's up all y'all Hope you're doing great Hope you're doing great Uh, You're gonna be listening to some special sauce You know what I mean Some
8: special sauce from Leopold Leopold
0: Emma with little Poe, yeah, yeah, that's his latest track so far, you gotta check that stuff out, but check this one out, this is drip in
8: Motion, baby, you gotta love it, you gotta love it, listen, listen.
0: So I hope you guys dig that. That was pretty jam, right? So we're going to listen to Spaceman.
8: Spicey, oh, go go man. To it's little it's a little man. It's
0: pretty badass, Little Po. little Po.
8: little Po. little Po. little Po. little Po. Damn. More Get some. Dang! You're on the brain, bitches. All up in your little Po. Yeah, all up, up in it.
0: All right,
8: that's all I got to say.
0: Little Poe, Spaceman,
8: Let me come on.
0: fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Lil' Poe, Spaceman, pitches. You heard it here first on Brainwash Radio Hollywood. we going to keep going. Blueberry eyes. email you know, sometimes not all the time but here we go
2: your work can feel much smoother with monday.com work os oh
8: monday.com no thank you no thank you
3: is the one thing that we all want out of <laughs> Yeah. Mm. She only love me cause I'm getting
9: By, uh, the I love my
7: market. coverage and I love uh, my insurance company, uh, it's, it's but I was paying a lot and so I didn't um, even uh, realize it. Check this out. They they see that? All right. I'm Ionic. I took my ear. It's ready. All right. I'm Ionic. Uh, okay. It's devoted. I'm going to scroll
10: down and find
7: your model. It's Ionic Limited. Guys, this only takes two minutes. Okay. It's free. Stop overpaying. Fill this out also heard that it's uh, that for days it's not been possible to bury the dead because of the shelling so of course people are trying the to get out of Fox there News when they
11: measurement see pulse some
5: has been hospitalized after they being injured succeed.
11: just outside kyiv now in, in kyiv, kyiv the, the, the capital flags you are with a cluster of loud explosions the that were heard in in the last reading, few hours. Hear? and inside people and authorities have been identified for the worst for days what's the latest on the situation
5: where you reportedly arrested and detained by police in moscow Yeah, the
7: of, uh, Before her protest,
5: she posted a video saying,
7: quote, take to the streets, do not be afraid, they now, can't jail us all. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky personally thanked her uh, for telling the truth. Zelensky uh, will address members uh, of the U.S. Congress virtually tomorrow. Uh, wants, uh, he's
3: once again urging the, the West world world to send fighter jets to help.
7: The U.S. Secretary General says the impact of the world is reaching terrifyingly.
2: 2.8 million people have fled Ukraine, touring into neighboring countries of staggering. range. In Krakow, Poland, the shuttered mall that was slated to be torn down is now being
7: converted to house hundreds of Ukrainian families, uh, of uh, ag- uh, well. but the city now at capacity. I mean, I mean, Krakow is Krakow uh, running out of room? So this what happened room. last night, this is what happened happen the, the night the before, night. and uh, we have we, seen we at some at the of the, the, the outcome, outcome of our possibilities
12: yeah. to, to, uh, to, to, to take people out.
11: Yes, now, you, you British have officials announced overnight that 25,000 people in the UK have signed now. up
12: to host Ukrainian refugees in their homes.
7: Yaroslavna Filioninka has been sitting outside her apartment since the early morning hours. She's waiting for someone to pick her up after the apartment she has been living for decades was shelled overnight.
10: This is it. One room, another small one, and a kitchen. That's what it was.
7: It was 5 a.m. when a shell hit the house.
10: There was a loud bang, and then immediately some kind of white smoke that burnt in the eyes and the throat. And then I heard the firefighters in the corridor saying, don't go out, the staircase is gone. So they had me climb down on a firefighter's ladder.
7: We are at the northern edge of Kiev and this apartment building was fired upon from outside of the city, from the Russian positions north of Kiev. Cleaning up some of the debris. But it's hard to imagine people will ever be able to live here again. Authorities are saying that at least one person died in the attack. Many more have lost everything they had. Those who can still access their property are trying to secure their belongings. Yaroslavna is 83 Jaroslavna years old. Is 83 this is the, second, this war. Is the is second war she has experienced. Her early childhood child child memories is two. of World War II.
10: I feel very bad. I feel very bad. I'm tired. I'm My tired. head hurts badly. My head hurts badly. Why do I have to live through Why do this? I, have to live through I just this. want some rest. I just want some rest. <laughs>
7: A relative, is on, his her way relative her her is on his way to pick her then up. Then she will have to, then start she will over 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 to start all over again.
11: It's so a heartbreaking story, Mr. So it's a heartbreaking story. Uh, not clearly only the only not one. Only the only one. Like there are be many like um, that. Um, now, talks between Ukraine um, and Russia, are and Russia are again today. Do Ukrainians like us have anything to hope for there?
7: That's a good question. That's a good the question. Side the Ukrainian side has said that they were slightly optimistic, optimistic about these optimistic talks. Uh, past talks, of course, have, uh, have been reading out their maximal, maximal positions maximal to each other, which is to to each from other, Ukraine which that Russians lead the, lead, the that country, lead the country and from Russia that Ukraine, and Russia, that Ukraine, and Russia, gives, that Ukraine gives up its military. Both of them are not likely at this moment, but lately Ukraine has said that Russia is is miscalculated, miscalculated and this walk much, much more costly for them, that they and have uh, thought that they would and, uh, be uh, rather, uh, uh, rather uh, uh, looking uh, for a way, uh, out, of for a way well, of out of this, well of course well, this is, well of course the Ukrainian side is saying this communication this these around these, these talks talk is also meant to achieve is something, also so we should take this as face we see that talks are going on and while the maximum outcome of these talks uh, the end of these talks, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the position for a, a long term solution for, for long term solution still very far away. There are some talks about, some talks about steps, steps towards, the, steps towards the, the green, green corridors. corridors. They were one, one of them. They have, one one them been, been they have not uh, adhered to these agreements. Uh, these agreements are going on. I don't think anybody here can for a quick solution for a quick ceasefire, but in
11: the long term, might be achieved. Uh, Yes, thank you for that. Matthias Belling, a DW correspondent in Kiev. Well, let's take a look at some other developments look- in the Ukraine conflict. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has warned of the potential for nuclear war over Ukraine. Guterres stated that the prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now within the realm of possibility. He urged Russia to stop its invasion of Ukraine and pursue diplomacy instead. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has met with Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan to discuss a negotiated resolution of the war in Ukraine. Afterwards, Scholz called on Vladimir Putin to end the war and allow more humanitarian corridors. Erdogan said Turkey would continue to do its best to mediate between the two sides. Germany has announced plans to buy US-made F-35 stealth fighter jets. It's part of a push to bolster Germany's neglected armed forces. The new Jets, considered the most modern combat aircraft in the world, will replace Germany's ageing tornado fleet. The White House says high-ranking US and Chinese officials have held seven hours of intense talks on the fighting in Ukraine. In the meeting in Rome, the US raised concerns about China's possible support to Russia following its invasion. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the Chinese side was warned there will be consequences if it provides assistance to Moscow. What we have conveyed and what was conveyed by our national security advisor in this meeting
5: is that should they provide military or other assistance uh, that, of course,
10: violates sanctions or uh, or supports the war effort, uh, that there will be uh, significant consequences. But in terms of what those specifics look like, we would coordinate with our
11: partners and allies to make that determination. In Moscow, a dissenting journalist stormed the set of Russia's most-watched evening news show on Monday, holding an anti-war sign. Marina Ofsanikova, an editor at the state-controlled outlet Channel One, was clearly visible behind the anchor before the broadcast cut away from the studio. The poster read, No war, stop the war, don't believe the propaganda, they're lying to you. The journalist was detained, and human rights activists say they're unable to get in touch with her before her arrest, she released a video statement detailing why she chose to protest. In the last years,
9: unfortunately, I've been working with Kremlin propaganda on Channel One and I feel very much ashamed of that. I am very ashamed that I allowed such lies on TV. I allowed the brainwashing of the Russian people. We did not say anything in 2014, when it all started. Mm -hmm. We did not take to the streets and protest when the Kremlin poisoned Navalny. We silently watched this inhumane regime, and now the entire world has turned away from us. Ten more future generations won't wash out the shame of this fratricidal war.
11: A charity concert held in the Netherlands has raised over 140,000 euros to help civilians in Ukraine. The event was a co-production by the Dutch National Opera, National Ballet and Philharmonic Orchestra. As well as money, the concert generated some much-needed hope.
5: The concert was the brainchild of chief conductor Lorenzo Viotti.
11: Have to raise our voices more and more for those cause, and um, yeah i'm very very proud that this house answered to to my to my question to say guys we need to we need to stand all together for that now now
5: immediately its highlight a duet featuring baritone Maxim nazarenko originally from kiev He was accompanied by Russian pianist Luba Podgaiskaya. The long-time colleagues have refused to let the conflict come between them. We are still friends.
6: I'm very grateful that our friendship is still as strong as it was
5: before the war. This aria praises Ukraine's strength and invincibility. A timely message indeed.
11: You're watching DW News. That's your news update this hour. Business is next with a deeper look at the economic impacts of the conflict. I'll be back with more news at the top of the hour. Don't forget you can also get in-depth round-the-clock coverage of the war in Ukraine on our website and social media channels. I'm Rebecca Ritters. Thanks very much for your company.
12: Out. Reports suggest Russia is threatening to seize assets from U.S. and European companies who pull out of the country over its invasion of Ukraine. We'll get more from our correspondent in New York. Germany is eyeing an order for dozens of American fighter jets as it bugs up its armed forces. And sanctions are hitting the Russian economy hard, but they're also affecting European firms who deal with Russia. We'll hear from one of them. This is DW Business. I'm Rob Watts in Berlin. Welcome to the program. There's growing concern the Russian government could seize the assets of Western companies that have pulled out of the country. McDonald's, Starbucks, and Coca-Cola are among major brands who've stopped operating in Russia. Meanwhile, Procter & Gamble, IBM, and others have halted exports there. The Wall Street Journal reports that Russian prosecutors have threatened firms with arrests and assets seizures. President Putin has also proposed appointing administrators to run companies that shut down production in Russia. For more on this, let's cross to our financial correspondent in New York, James Sweeney. Thanks for joining us, James. Can you tell us how seriously American corporations are taking the threat of asset seizures?
4: Okay, so these reports of Russia threatening to seize assets of U.S. companies pulling out of Russia are very interesting. And if you're asking if these threats are being taken seriously, of course they are. What company wants to lose their assets? If you want that, that ha- if you want that to happen then that would make you a bad business person. And the U.S. must take these threats very very seriously because they were making similar asset freeze and seize threats to Russia and Russian business owners just last week. And when you're dealing with Russia, if you're going to issue them a threat, it's a given now that they're going to threaten back and try to be bigger and louder. Last week, the U.S. declared that any assets held by the central bank of Russia in the U.S., such as gold, will be declared inaccessible. I'm sure Russia's central bank took notice of that, took it seriously. And even last week when President Joe Biden threatened Russia's business elite by saying that we're going to come and get your ill-begotten gains during a State of the Union address. I'm pretty sure Russian business owners and the government took that seriously. And now we have Russia's response. The
12: back and forth continues. Yeah. So are the likes of McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Starbucks expecting the Russian government to react to their pulling out of the country?
4: These companies that are still in Russia, they must expect retaliation. When it comes to Russia these last two weeks, one thing we've learned is that their actions are hard to predict, and, well, isn't it better to be safe than sorry? And these aren't some small mom-and-pop shops or some guy renting, trying to sneak out and disappear overnight from a landlord after not paying rent. These are multimillion-dollar American companies doing business in Russia, and what's the rule? When you reside on their soil, you play by their rules and their customs, even as it changes.
12: What have been the knock-on effects for the American firms that have been pulling out of Russia, though, other than, you know, any threats that there might be from the Russian government? What impact is it having on them anyway?
4: Well... When these companies leave Russia in the first place, you're going to lose a large market of consumers, some of whom are pretty wealthy, as we've read the past two weeks. You also may lose the trust of some of the Russian people who don't know why you, an American company, is pulling out over an event that they are not directly responsible for. You also can lose access to key markets, key demographics, key food and grain suppliers, energy suppliers. And you're also in danger of throwing away decades of hard work and community building that made you a recognizable name in that country when the doors first opened back in the 19. such as mcdonald's the fruits of all that work and dedication
12: may soon be gone for good and that's that's pretty much a loss for every party involved well indeed james sweeney in new york staying on top of that for us thank you very much thank you Next, Germany is planning to buy up to 35 F-35 fighter jets from the United States. Berlin is planning a €100 billion euros of spending in its response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Some of its allies think it's about time Now, traditionally, larger nations have spent more on defence than Germany. In 2020, the US led the world with a military spend of $778 billion. China spent just over $250 billion. And uh, Germany spent only a fifth of what China spent. Now, that year, Russia had a military budget of $62 billion. That's, incidentally, ten times what Ukraine spent. But it also represents a greater share of the Russian economy than US and Chinese spending. So which companies are the biggest players when it comes to defence? Well, US company Lockheed Martin, which makes the F-35, leads the way with sales of 66 billion. But as you can see here, it's followed closely by Europe's Airbus and two more American companies, Raytheon Technologies and Boeing. Now the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute tracks military expenditures and we've been hearing from its senior researcher, Lucy Barrow-Sutro.
5: So European countries had been already increasing their military expenditure for the past few years, uh, particularly since 2014, and then Russia's annexation of Crimea. But this trend is actually accelerating. Um, So there were increases that had been announced, but now there are uh, increases on top of increases, uh, so to speak. So, uh, countries, let's say, for instance, like Sweden or Poland, were already saying they were going to increase their military expenditure. But now they say they're going to increase even more. Um, so we're going to see Europe as one of the really the key regions um, driving military spending um, forward uh, in the coming years.
12: let's take a look at some of the other business stories making news around the world The EU's gdp won't grow by four percent this year as previously predicted according to the european commission but while russia's invasion of ukraine may weigh on the bloc's economy the resulting higher energy and raw material prices aren't expected to completely derail its recovery from the pandemic elon musk says his companies tesla and spacex are facing significant pressure from inflation Russia's war in Ukraine has pushed commodity prices to their highest levels in five years. Tesla has reacted by raising prices for several car models by $1,000. Bermuda says its suspending certification of Russian planes licensed in the British Overseas Territory is due to sanctions on Moscow that prohibit necessary maintenance work on the planes. The measure is likely impacting hundreds of Russian commercial aircraft, more than 700 of which are licensed in Bermuda. And more than a thousand airport security workers in Germany went on strike on Monday, leading to the cancellation of hundreds of flights. They're calling for better pay and working conditions. On Tuesday, thousands more travellers are expected to be stranded when the strike expands to Germany's biggest and busiest airport, Frankfurt. Now, Western sanctions are hitting Russia's economy hard, but they're also having major knock-on effects for companies across Europe, particularly those who deal regularly with the Russians. We visited one firm where revenues are due to fall by a third
10: the workers here still have their hands full with orders from the U.S. and Middle East. But the loss of their contracts from Russia is a painful blow for the Magdeburg-based firm MIAM. Den Alongside the economic problems, I, of course, worry not just as a business manager, but also as a father about what the future will look like. The relationships with his Russian customers were long-standing and friendly. But that's not much use to him now. His firm is no longer allowed to deliver its products to Russia, as they are used in the petrochemical industry. Essentially, this product is affected by the sanctions because it's needed for oil refinery, so I can't export them to Russia anymore. That will cost me about 30% of my
12: revenue.
10: The EU has imposed a ban on this kind of technology in an effort to hamper Russia's military capacity. What this means for the employees here is not yet clear. It might be necessary to cut working hours.
4: As employees,
10: we're not that pleased about it because a lot of our products are delivered to Russia. It's our jobs we're talking about, and of course we want to keep them. It's a difficult time, more difficult than Corona, definitely. Matthias Elo may have to close his Russian office, but it's not the only problem. Raw materials are getting harder to come by. Yesterday I was at our plant, and for me, prices for carbon steel rose 30% overnight.
12: For me, from yesterday to today, it 30%.
10: The firm has 27 employees, including three from Ukraine, but only the German ones are prepared to appear on camera and speak about the war in
4: Ukraine.
10: We hope that the situation calms down and peace is secured. That's the most important thing. The boss doesn't think the sanctions will hit Russia where it hurts. He expects his Chinese competitors to fill the supply gaps.
12: Uh, The Ukrainian port of Odessa has long been a crucial crossing point for goods travelling both to and from Russia. For example, it's a key stop-off for goods bound for Russia from Ukraine's neighbour Moldova. But the conflict means that the Moldovans are now cut off from their most important trade route.
9: Apples upon apples. The farm used to export about 90% of them to Russia, mostly through the Ukrainian port of Odessa only 60 kilometers away. That route is now closed due to Russia's attack on Ukraine. Life has changed dramatically for Moldova as a result of the war. In this area, we produce mostly apples, grapes, and grains. The conflict in Ukraine has a big impact on our exports via Odessa or by road to the Russian Federation,
6: especially apples and grapes, Now this is
9: impossible. And we're looking for alternative ways to export, such as through Romania. But the nearest port in Romania is not 60, but over 400 kilometers away. Other trade relationships, for example with Germany, are still in their infancy. Because Moldova lies directly on the border with Ukraine, more and more refugees are arriving. The country has already taken in over 300,000. Among the aid being distributed are the apples that can no longer be delivered to Russia due to the war.
12: that's all from me and the business team here in Berlin. If you do want more from us, you can, of course, head over to our website, dw.com slash business. And you can also find us on the DW News News YouTube channel. Actually, you should check out our series, Business Beyond, the latest of which asks the question, do sanctions work? We're also on Facebook, of course, as dw.business as well. Until next time.
5: Taking a look at what divides and what connects in the fight for peace and freedom. The war in Ukraine changed everything. Life and making art. We ask, how effective can art be in these times? Art 21.
0: us and takes us along for the ride it's all about the perspective culture information this is vw news and more dw
5: Hugely to the people of Ukraine, and it's, it's heartbreaking.
13: Not all Russians are Putin.
5: The solidarity coming from all over the world helps get through this horror. raging in Europe. Its impact has sent shockwaves through the world of arts and culture. Artists and institutions the world over are expressing their solidarity with Ukraine. But is boycotting Russian culture the right path to take? We meet a Belarusian writer living in exile and a Ukrainian conductor working tirelessly to support her home country.
14: Concert for Peace, conducted by Oksana Liniv. She's visibly distressed by the war in her home country of Ukraine. She recently joined the orchestra of the Teatro Comunale di Bologna, and they're playing a piece by Ukrainian composer Yuri Shevchenko. This intimate interpretation sounds like a prayer. We met with Oksana in Rome, where she will conduct the opera Turandot by Puccini. She's deeply worried and
5: shaken. I'm not just afraid for my family. I'm afraid for everyone.
6: I'm afraid for my country and
5: afraid for the places where I work.
6: Like the Lviv National
5: Opera, the Odessa National Opera. They're stunning architectural gems. I'm afraid for old cities that are UNESCO cultural heritage
6: sites.
14: Oksana studied music in Lviv, not far from her place of birth, Brody.
6: My mother and
5: her sister, my aunt, are hiding in a sort of bunker. It's actually a potato cellar,
6: but it's an old
5: Nazi bunker from World War
6: II. My father made it a bit more livable there, and less damp. He continues
5: putting on concerts with his choir, and my mother sings in it, too. They sing patriotic songs to keep up the Ukrainian
6: spirits.
14: Oksana has long been a big name outside of Ukraine. She's had international debuts throughout Europe, and in 2021, she appeared at the Bayreuth Festival and performed with the Berliner Philharmoniker. In spring of 2021, we accompanied Oksana to Ukraine. The Maidan Square in Kiev was the fateful setting for a turning point in Ukrainian history. In late 2013, hundreds of thousands demonstrated for a peaceful turn toward Europe. And now, air raid sirens are sounding there. The city is being bombed and threatened by Russian troops. But the people are prepared to defend Kiev.
6: This war has no rules. And the worst thing is, it's not
5: even about a political conflict. It's about destroying a nation. Increasingly brutal weapons can be put to use, killing thousands or even millions. But there's no way to destroy the people's spirit, their spirit of freedom, and the love of their country. Oksana
14: is fighting for her homeland. Not a day goes by without her rallying support on social media. She feels shaken to the core by Putin's war. For her, everything is at stake. This is about Ukraine's survival, including its culture, since Russian President Putin denies the nation its identity.
5: Everything he's saying is complete nonsense. Ukrainian culture is thousands of years older than Russian culture, and that's why he hates us. Because there's no way to explain Russian culture without Ukraine...
14: 2021, a cultural hub in western Ukraine. Oksana showed us the Jesuit church, and even then, the armed conflict with Russia was claiming victims.
6: All these objects,
5: here you see parts
6: of all these weapons,
5: they came from the front line. Here you can see the gallery of portraits of children who lost their parents or fathers in the war.
6: Like here it says, Maria, three years
5: old, my father is in heaven. Dear father, where are you? I want to be in your arms, I want to see you.
14: Today, thousands of Ukrainians have fled to Lviv and crowds have formed in front of the central train station. For them, Lviv is the gateway to Europe.
6: The whole world
5: shares the blame for Putin's total loss of control. Like when we look at how the European Union reacted to the annexation of Crimea. Yes, we're concerned, and we're warning Russia, if they don't stop, we'll apply sanctions. But that approach hasn't really been effective, and Putin saw that, and he saw how everyone was afraid.
14: The Youth Orchestra of Ukraine brings together musicians from the countries East and West. It was founded in 2017 by Oksana Linev with a political purpose. Her aim was to emphasize
5: Ukraine's unity.
6: It's been a
5: horrible time for me. I'm here in Europe where I can conduct. I can sleep in a nice hotel. I can keep doing my job.
6: But
5: they're all surrounded and blocked.
6: They can't cross the border. Young men, 18 and upwards, can't leave the country.
14: Oksana Linev has brought musicians under the age of 18 to the Slovenian capital of Ljubljana. They can take refuge there for now, and workshops and lessons are planned.
6: The cultural
5: front is at least as important to me as the physical front line,
6: and that's why it's so hard for me to conduct. But still, I understand
5: that we can't give up now. I dedicate every performance, my art and my job to our fight for freedom. There has been an outpouring of support for Ukraine, but opinions are divided. Is boycotting Russian culture the right path to take? My heart goes out hugely to the people of Ukraine and it's, it's heartbreaking, it's a it's traumatic experience to witness. So one can only imagine what those poor people are going through. Peace messages on catwalks, highway bridges, concert halls, like New York's Metropolitan Opera, cultural figures worldwide are sending the people of Ukraine a clear message of solidarity.
9: In many cultural
14: institutions, I'm experiencing an urge to express that what's happening is unthinkable, and it's something that we reject.
5: Thousands of Russian artists have joined the call for an immediate military withdrawal from Ukraine, including conductor Semyon Betkov. The musical director of the Czech Philharmonic also called on other Russians to raise their voices in protest. This benefit concert for Ukraine is conducted by Daniel Barenboim in Berlin. A star conductor who is married to a Russian warns against general boycotts of Russian art and artists.
12: We must
14: condemn political events loudly and clearly and distance ourselves from them. But we mustn't allow a witch hunt against Russians and their culture. Any bans and boycotts of Russian music and literature in various European countries awaken the worst associations in me. Of course, nobody can want that. We want to use culture as a bridge. (laughs) The question is, who do I work with there, and how does the Russian state use it? You should always look at that. If you have the feeling that this could be misused, perhaps you should put it aside for a while.
5: Many see this danger in internationally celebrated opera singer Anna Netrebko, So far, she has not distanced herself from the Russian president and has been banned from performing worldwide. Valery Gerdjev has been sacked as chief conductor of the Munich Philharmonic. The maestro is known to be especially close to Putin. Cooperations with Russian institutions are being cancelled. Museums and cultural institutions worldwide are refusing to host Russian delegations. And more pop and rock bands are also canceling tours in Russia. (laughs) London based Russian rap star Oxymoron publicly opposes Putin. What impact does that have?
14: The idea is to inflict so much pressure and pain on the Russian society that hopefully this will lead to a change from within the country, potentially resulting in pressure on the Russian government that sends the message, this isn't acceptable.
5: International film companies are reacting to the Ukraine war by cancelling movie releases in Russia, like the long-awaited release of The Batman, which celebrated its world premiere in New York on March 1st. But not everyone thinks such cultural boycotts are right.
1: Personally, I think art transcends, and I think it's important for stories are such a healing force. Um... That I think it's important that all people should be able to watch stories.
5: The Cannes Film Festival wants to continue showing critical Russian films this year. Russian delegations, however, will not be welcomed. Smaller festivals, like in Sweden, are removing state supported Russian productions from their programs. In Glasgow, even a harmless Russian crime comedy was banned, even though the director is half Ukrainian and takes a clear anti-war stance.
14: I can understand the logic behind cutting all ties. That's one way of looking at it. But cultural context can also enable us to maintain a thread of conversation in situations where nothing else works.
5: (laughs) Building bridges or breaking off connections. A difficult decision for the arts world right now. Two presidents who couldn't be more different, Putin and Zelensky. The opponents and their way of communicating from the point of view of a writer and a filmmaker.
14: The past days have worn down Maxim Melnik. The Ukrainian-born filmmaker is in constant contact with friends and family. He organizes aid transports and is glued to the news.
13: Yes, I'm in Berlin, but I'm also in the war. I've only slept three hours because I had so much to do and had to organize so much. And of course, you get all the pictures from Ukraine, from your relatives, from your colleagues, from the media. You're always there, even though you're not there physically.
14: In 2014, Maxim Melnik took part in protests on Maidan Square in Kiev. And now, such images.
13: So this is Kiev
14: where we peacefully drank
13: coffee not long ago.
14: In the catastrophe that now <laughs> rages, President Zelensky has emerged as a heroic figure from one moment to the next. When the actor and comedian was elected to office three years ago, Maxim Melnik was horrified. Zelensky was thought to be connected with an oligarch. Melnik could not take him seriously.
13: I thought to myself, this is really a disaster that we've elected a comedian. What can he do? It's all just populism and that's how it was. And now that he's at war, he's not joking around. He's serious and he comes across very differently. And also how he talks, his posture. Now I totally support him, and I'm even proud of him.
14: On the other side, Vladimir Putin has become one of the world's most hated leaders. Russian writer Vladimir Sorokin lives in Berlin and has repeatedly taken a stance against Putin. He now feels Putin has completely lost touch with reality. He comes across as a madman,
13: this is the consequence of his absolute power, which he has held for 22 years. Power is a strong drug that is having a very destructive effect on him.
14: The greed for power in Europe has reawoken, but Vladimir Sorokin believes this attack is the beginning of the end for Putin.
2: Why
13: is Putin doomed? Firstly, because he started this completely senseless and insane war. The consequences will be destructive for Russia, as it's hugely dependent on the rest of the world for imports and exports. Secondly, it's an immoral war. It's
8: pointless.
13: Assuming Putin will win, then what will he do with the hatred from 40 million Ukrainians?
14: In his current book, Red Pyramid, Russia is described as a pseudo-country, a pseudo-democracy with pseudo-elections. Sorokin describes lies as Putin's most important means of communication. Putin claims Russia harbors no ill intentions against its neighbors and says that they should not escalate tensions. Now, even the elites are noticing
13: the tragedy of our country. They are hit hard by the sanctions, but they can't do anything. Putin has broken the wiring, there's no more reverse gear, the situation is hopeless.
14: But at least there's willingness to help, and these are the pictures. Maxim Melnik has organized a transport of medicines to Lviv and is in contact with Ukrainian hospitals. He continues to collect. The other night, a man called and shyly asked if he could help.
13: So then I asked him, where are you from? Are you from Ukraine? He said, no, I didn't want to tell you. I'm ashamed. I'm from Russia. Of course dialogue is possible, but only in such situations, when people understand what has been done there.
12: We then talked longer,
14: and I had
13: to calm him
14: down. Vladimir Sorokin also emphasizes that there is no black and white in this war. Not
13: all Russians are Putin.
5: Sasha Filipenko from Belarus also lived in Russia, but due to his open criticism, he was forced to go into exile.
13: When the world is turned upside down simply because someone wrote the truth about an oligarch, when a journalist is defamed and threatened as a result, and is terrorized with break-ins and constant noise. when you and your family are psychologically trapped until you break down. (laughs) Belarusian author Sasha Felipenko describes what it's like to be pursued by an
14: all-powerful force in his book, The Hunt.
12: It's like heads
14: you yak- could also translate the title as hunted down, not just hunt, but like a hunt in which you were chased.
6: We normally only
14: talk about journalists when they're persecuted and murdered, imprisoned or expelled, but there are many other ways to put pressure on them, and that is what I wanted to describe. I wanted to show how this enormous pressure often doesn't only affect them, but also their families, even those not involved suffer. Filippenko
13: experienced this himself as a journalist. Today he is forced to live in exile because he criticized the powerful in Belarus and Russia. He is threatened with imprisonment. His family is also suffering. Here in Gothenburg he reports on the hardships of those
14: who rebel. We moved to Basel from a small Swiss village, then to Stuttgart, and then to Amsterdam.
6: But my son wants to go back home and
14: keeps asking me when we'll return.
12: We start from scratch every time, a situation that many Belarusians know today. We can't even go to our
14: own parents' funeral if something happens to them.
13: The hunt is powerful literature and a true revelation, especially for the sometimes naïve West. The description of the mechanisms of persecution, the climate of fear, something Putin enforced on Ukraine with his troop maneuvers even before the invasion. Noise, demonstrations of power, fake news, it's all about intimidation and wearing people down, controlled from above.
14: These are clear methods for silencing and intimidating people into following and carrying out
12: orders. These
14: methods are used against individuals, but also against the whole society. This is their only means. These methods are inhumane, horrible, and are used in every sphere of life.
13: For Filippenko, Lukashenko and Putin are like brothers in spirit. Russia is becoming increasingly autocratic, and Lukashenko is providing Putin with a script. The persecution and brutal suppression of the opposition, the establishment of a dictatorship. Russia is still lagging behind, but is catching up fast. In Belarus, we
14: live in a dystopic, grotesque, tragic comedy. And Russia is moving more and more in the same direction. For me, one thing is certain: if you get on this train to Dachau, you won't arrive at Disneyland.
13: Filipenko shows us that this could all have been expected the West preferred to look the other way because of cheap raw materials. His stories describe the psychology of repression and revolt. For example, when he writes about an author who ends up in a grotesque court case for posting an empty message online. Charged in a show trial because he mocked the truth and by extension the people of the fatherland. Everyone can see the absurdity, but to speak the truth would be too dangerous. (laughs)
14: And on top of that, feeling guilty for your homeland by acknowledging the truth.
12: People in Russia do not want to feel ashamed, nor do they want to apologize. Admitting one's mistakes is a sign of weakness in Russia. To
6: avoid this trauma, people prefer not to learn the truth
12: truth at all.
13: Living in Russia means being able to close one's eyes, writes Filipenko, a psychological study of the Russian soul and in a way of us too.
5: Another devastating consequence of the war, Ukrainian artists working abroad can now no longer return home.
13: The Kiev city ballet dancers perform masterfully despite their fear. They were on a European tour when war broke out and they became stranded in Paris.
5: Creating is an act of resistance. It is an act that says to those who want to occupy Ukraine, to Vladimir Putin... Here, we continue to look ahead, to look far, to use culture also as a peaceful weapon.
13: The Théâtre du Châtelet was immediately willing to host the ensemble in residence. The dancers are staying in Paris indefinitely. They're stricken with worry about their fellow dancers who stayed home.
6: It's terrible feeling. We are shocked and uh, we try to connect to our family all the time during the day, during the night, check news and uh, I I can't explain what I am feeling because you are in worries all the time.
13: Amid the anxiety, the chance to continue dancing in France is a lifeline for the dancers.
3: Being able to focus on work is kind of a bright point in our day. When we get to focus on the ballet steps and focus on music and something other than the conflict in Ukraine.
13: Each of their performances is a success and a form of artistic resistance to the war raging back home.
5: For this edition of Arts 21, we'll be back next week with more reports about the war in Ukraine. See you then.
0: The people of Iraq.
8: Their country
0: is devastated. The consequences of these sanctions
9: are, and they've lied to the world okay, about it. He behaved exactly like Saddam Hussein, and the poison spread from there onwards.
3: Misery, misery, no more life.
0: The great documentary series, Iraq: Destruction of a Nation. This week on DW.
11: I'm Rebecca Ritters, welcome to the program. People in Ukraine are waking up to another day of war and fear. Loud explosions have been heard in the capital, Kiev, over the last few hours. There was no breakthrough at talks between Ukrainian and Russian officials yesterday. More meetings are set for today. One of the issues on the agenda is expected to be the devastating situation in the city of Mariupol.
12: In a matter of seconds, they have to for their lives.
8: <coughs> then
10: the bombardment begins. life looks like a Mariupol, a city under siege by Russian forces.